Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. The Bald Face Truth Foundation helps kids in art, music, education, and athletics. We put athletics last. Doesn't mean it has to be, but we wanted people to know, hey, we uh, value sort of the co-curricular activities. If you're interested in the Blazers courtside seats, we have a pair of courtside seats to tonight's Blazers-Brooklyn Nets game. Uh, they include parking. You can go to baldfacetruth.org if you want to bid on those. 28 minutes left in that auction. It's just a little mini auction. We had a donor who said, hey, I'm not going to use these tickets. Love for you to auction them off. If you want those seats, you want to sit courtside, get after it, baldfacetruth.org. Kelly Graves joining us. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I hope those seats are next to me. I'm actually up here in Portland right now. I'm going to head to the game tonight. Wow, you could have stopped by the home studio. We could have had you over, well, kicked your feet up. You know, yeah, next time. two bald guys uh, getting it done <laughs> in the studio. I don't know, big guy. <laughs> I, I'm better on the phone. All right, all right, all right. Hey, you got you got your basketball season going. Let's talk about your team. I feel like I'm I'm playing catch up here because you guys have been practicing, start to play games. How are you feeling about this team? I really like them. Yeah, we've had a good start. Three and zero. Uh, you know, a uh, couple of, you know, at least one Power 5 team. We opened with Northwestern at home. But I, I just like this group. They're very unselfish. Our assist, um, you know, ratio is really high. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just, we've got some really talented freshmen, a couple of experienced guards. Uh, we've kind of had, I think right now through three games, we have ten or six players averaging double figures or more. So, it's kind of been by committee, but uh, but yeah, I like them. We're play, playing both ends of the floor too, John. So that's uh, something we've never been accused of playing at much at the defensive end. But uh, it's good to see we're getting after it at that end too. You know, the offense sells tickets. We all know that. That uh, you know, and it probably helps you helps you recruit a little bit. But uh, when you are in the early part of the season, like you mentioned, you you know you start three and zero. But I like what you pointed out. You're looking at your assist ratio to buckets you want to see what your team's doing what other things do you look at as a coach as markers of you know hey we're moving in the right direction at this point a couple of things i look for when i after a game the first thing i look at is field goal percentage uh you know because that's the number one determinant of winner winning and losing is field goal percentage i always look at the turnovers uh you know the rebound numbers uh, we've been really good points in the paint i mean in our opener against northwest we have 56 points in the paint my goodness uh, that's a bundle. So, yeah, we've just kind of, it's been well-rounded. Uh, that, that's what I like about it. You know, we're, we haven't shot it really well yet. Uh, you, you know, even though we've made a bunch of threes, we just haven't really stroked it there. But we've got good inside-outside balance. Uh, we're scoring off turnovers. Uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're trending in the right direction. There's no question about it. And these guys are ballers, John. They, they love to play. They love to play for each other. It's uh, a different vibe if you've seen us in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I noticed you got Sabrina, 
in the fold as sort of the uh, what is it deputy of culture or commissioner <laughs> of culture <laughs> director like... of athletic culture i mean come on her first job outside of the wnba <laughs> is a director position for crying out loud uh you know it was her it was her idea she wanted to give back to the program be part of it so uh, lisa peterson before she left as our swa uh got it uh got it pushed through uh, hr and uh, and now Sabrina's on the staff. What what is what will she do, or is it just more about she knows what the culture's supposed to be? She needs to play a role in helping build it and continue and foster it. Mainly, she's she's there to be a mentor for our players. Uh, you know, available uh, to FaceTime to Zoom. Uh, you know, they go through things that she's already been through and continues to be to to go through. And so she'll just be, I think, a a great resource in that area. Plus. Let's face it, it gives us some credibility knowing that, you know, Sabrina is part of this crew. Our fans know that. They love that. The recruits know that. They love that. And uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. Yeah, she's really busy this, this time of year. It's funny how, how many people uh, either texted me or tweeted at me or whatever saying, does that mean she's quitting the WNBA? <laughs> it's like, you know, no, she's still going to be playing. But, uh, but she'll be with us in, a, in a kind of a limited role for now. I mean, I like it, and you get her in the fold. It doesn't hurt, and you know, in today's college world, I think everybody's looking for an angle, and it's an angle that you should that you should chase after. Do you think she's got a coaching future? Does does she have that, or is she going to make so much money that coaching's not going to be in in uh, something she's interested in? No, I think she wants to be a coach. In fact, during the recruiting process, you know, one of our uh, competitors was Cal, and they kept pushing the Cal degree, a forty-year degree, the number one one public institution in the world and yada, yada, yada. They were barking up the wrong tree. Sabrina wanted to, to play pro and then wanted to become a coach and run her own camps and do those kind of things. And, and so, you know, we understood that they didn't. And, uh, and the, you know, the great academic tradition didn't, uh, didn't sell to her. Not that Sabrina wasn't a great student, graduated in three years and got a master's degree in her fourth year. That's pretty smart. So, you know, she just, as a, as a future, wasn't really looking uh, for the the name on the degree, yeah. Kelly Graves is with us. Um, uh, you you obviously I saw some news about uh, Sedona Prince. What is the update on her? Is 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 the elbow injury? That's is that going to end her career? It'll end her college career. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it was going to be a five month rehabilitation. Uh, she just didn't really want to do that here. Yeah. Uh, when she's she's moving in the process of moving to L.A. where she can be near the really the foremost elbow expert doctor and, and, and she can rehab there and turn her sights on, on playing pro. Uh, so that's what she's decided to do. I think she leaves Eugene any day. Uh, we're going to miss her. I love Sedona. like, you know, just like a daughter. Uh, she's really close to my family. Uh, but I think she's making the right decision, you know, even though it was a tough one. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I had a high school senior, junior, senior that kind of went through the pandemic and then went off to college. And, and I really lamented the loss of her junior, senior year. You had players who went through that. They didn't get a normal experience, you know, you know, save, you know, Sabrina's season that got interrupted at the end. But you had entire seasons that were affected by that. And now we're back to normal. But I look at a player like Sedona and I go, gosh, she, she kind of went through some stuff in her time. She did. You know, she was pulled in so many directions, John. I mean, it was crazy what she has on her plate. The level of endorsements and sponsors and 
you know, everything she does. I mean, my goodness, she has 3.5 million followers on TikTok. I mean, that's like Justin Bieber for crying out loud. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so everything she does is, is, uh, dissected and, and argued over and, you know, and, and sometimes she didn't make always the best decisions on, on TikTok. Uh, but she's been a great representative of the university of our program. Uh, and you know, listen, she's helped make change and isn't that what you want from your, your student athletes? I mean, she came out with that video, uh, during the pandemic, uh, during the bubble in the yeah. NCAA tournament and look at the changes now. Now our tournament is called, you know, March madness and, and, you know, things are, are pretty much even now across the board. So she helped drive that. And, uh, and so she'll always be remembered for that. You guys uh, will be playing, uh, coming up, you'll be playing uh, University of North Carolina uh, in a game coming up next week. And uh, that's a lot of anticipation about that. Um, how excited is your team about playing in that event? Well, we haven't really talked about it yet. I mean, we still have one more game on Monday night at home against Southern Utah. But, yeah, then it gets real. I mean, North Carolina is really good, a top-ten program. I've got watching them on film, and, and they're really good. But we haven't really talked about the, the, the PKI, uh, but what a fantastic event. I mean, I, I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, but uh, eight women's teams among the, all the, the, among the best in the country and 16 men's teams. I mean, if you're a basketball junkie and you're not in Portland next weekend, then you're kind of nuts. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're going to have our work cut out for us. There's no question. It gets real. How's this? So we got North Carolina. Then we play the winner or loser of Michigan State, Iowa State, both great programs. Then we have Portland at home, a very good program. And then we have Oregon State uh, right after finals. We moved one of the games into December uh, per the Pac-12 recommendation. And then, uh, you know, a couple more home games. And then we go to San Diego for Arkansas and probably Ohio State. So... The month, the last week of November and the entire month of uh, December, it's it's a gauntlet for the Ducks. All right, UCLA is talking about leaving, USC leaving the conference. I'm a purist. I don't like it. But the Regents met today. They punted to next month. Do you have feelings about, let me just talk to you about the recruiting element of this, because today it was mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the Cal Berkeley president said, look, um, this may not be good for women's athletics. It may not be good for the Olympic sports. A lot of people talking about the travel. How do you think it, it affects recruiting? If UCLA is recruiting women's basketball players, you know, how is their recruiting calculus change if they're in the Big Ten? Well, I think it's already hurting them a little bit. Um, you know, uh, let's say, you know, certain really good players along the West Coast that might be interested in UCLA, one of the things that people are using against them, and I know in at least one case it has cost them a recruit. They're saying, hey, half their games are going to be three time zones away. You know, your family's not going to be able to get there uh, as often. And that makes a difference. Um, you know, they're still UCLA, and they're still going to be able to do, you know, great recruiting. But, but I think um, little by little people will chip away at that, and I think it, it might hurt them in the long run. Uh, you know, if, if you're talking to Kelly Graves, the women's basketball coach, or Kelly Graves, the person, I can give you my – which do you want right now? I want now? both. I give yeah, my, give, give me the person. You want both, now. okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, listen, I think you and I have talked about this. I just wish football would do their thing. It's all football-based, right? I mean, I know a half a dozen coaches at UCLA and USC and in other sports, and none of them are happy about the move. 
Uh, you know, it's one thing if you have four or five uh, football games that you have to travel cross country for, but uh, to do it every week or every other week in the other sports, and my guess is they're not going to, uh, they're not going to fly, fly charters with the lacrosse team and other kind of teams. You know, it's it's going to take its toll. We just got back. Uh, we played Monday night at Southern down in Baton Rouge. We, we went down on Sunday, came back Tuesday morning. That's a tough trip, you know, and that's just two time zones away. So I I, I don't know. I, I, I wish they would stay. I'm like you. I'm a purist. I love the Pac-12 the way it is. I think most of the other sports other than football want to stay, and maybe even football does too. I don't know. I've never talked to Chip about it. Uh, but in the end, I don't worry about it too much because guess what, John? They're not asking me my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I... I'll, I'll play whoever they tell me to play. Uh, but but Kelly Graves speaking here, I hate to refer to myself in the third por- person, but um, – yeah, I, I I don't like it. I, I saw, you know, I ran into some of the soccer, men's soccer players in a hotel in Seattle, and I asked them, and one kid went on the record and said, you know, hey, I don't like it. We just played at Rutgers. It was six hours on a plane. He goes, we're students. Yep. Like, this isn't good for us. And I just wondered, will they have to recruit kids from different parts of the country? Like, will they have to go recruit the Midwest? And is there as much talent in the Midwest in women's college basketball as there is in the Pacific time zone? You tell me. Well, there is, actually. But but then again, you, you then you bring in the other elements. You know, now you've got student-athletes that are far away from home, and, and, and that, you know, presents its own issues. I've, I've struggled with that, you know, with some of our players that have been a long way from home. Um, and, you know, I... Listen, I, I, uh, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, it's, it's a new time. People always ask me what's going to happen to Oregon, and I really have no idea. And, you know, I used to ask you every week or so during the summer when it first came down, I'd text you and say, hey, what have you heard? Uh, because I figure you've got your ear to the ground and you know enough people to, to know what's going on. But I've kind of stopped worrying about it, quite frankly, since about August. Yeah, I don't think you can. There's not much you can do about it. And I keep like the UCLA people are mad at me. They're going, "Hey, why do you why are you trying to uh not let us leave?" And I go, "I'm not doing that. I just want to know how your kids feel about it. Like, let me talk to some of them. They won't do it. They won't let their kids come on this radio show." But see, John, that's the that's the issue. That's the deal. They're not asking the student athletes. You know, and that's what I really like about the University of Oregon. If you spend some time with Rob Mullins or any of our administration, the student-athlete uh, athletic experience is really critical to them. That, that is, to, to our core, one of our, our major assets, I think, or um, uh, core values. And, uh, you know, and I'm not sure maybe that all the schools are thinking in terms of, of that. Yeah, I don't think they are. I don't think they want to know. I think they want the appearance that they've asked the athletes, but if they really wanted to get to them, they, you know, they had put out their survey. It was 600 people they surveyed. They sent an email to the students. They got 111 responses. You know, give it, give it, text it to the kids. Have their coaches yeah, say, they, hey. They don't yeah. do email anymore. <laughs> yeah, right? they email. Put it on MySpace. Is that what they were doing? Like, so it was like, <laughs> I think in the end, like, if you, you know, if you said to the head coaches in the respective sports, hey, make sure your kids fill out the survey, every kid would fill out that survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them some money. Give them $25 duck yeah. bucks or something. They'll, Send they them to Chipotle. It, yeah. Come on. 
There or you Chipotle. Go. Chipotle. Hey, have fun a at staple, the game tonight. By the way, on the road, yeah, An absolute <laughs> staple. When you're either recruiting on the road or you got your team on the road, there's always at least one Chipotle stop. Or or Jamba. Do you ever take your team to Jamba Juice? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we get yeah. we do the old smoothies after every shoot around. So on game See? day, you know, you usually have an eleven or twelve shoot around, but pregame meal not might not be until two thirty or three. And so yeah, we always we always do Jambas or something like that. I love uh, it. Delivered to the arena, yeah. Team building. All right. Hey, good luck to you guys. Uh, we'll catch up Appreciate with you it. here. I loved having you on. I just want people to know what's going on with your program, and uh, we'll uh, have fun at the game tonight. I, I appreciate it. I feel like the remains, man. I'm I'm playing the warm up to to uh, Coach Lanny. Today. Yeah, I'm yeah. the I'm the warm up band for the big hey, dog for hey. the Beatles coming in. How come nobody will say who's hurt anymore? What is that about, you guys? All you coaches, uh, nobody will tell us who's hurt. Uh, well, <laughs> I just want to know. Hey, don't lump me in with everybody, okay? <laughs> But I get it. I, I absolutely get it. In this day and age, there's so much preparation for games that any little advantage will help. So, I know. Anyway, and you know what? Great. If I were, if I were yeah. a coach, I'm not. I'm not telling anybody anything. Absolutely. <laughs> That's it. Hey, well, great, great being with you. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, I see some Duck fans at the game tonight. Have them come down and say hello. Kelly Graves, there he is, Oregon women's basketball coach. Leave it here. You got the BFT. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. It's your last chance to get on in on the Blazers courtside tickets that are being auctioned off right now at baldfacetruth.org. Six minutes left in that auction online. Grab them. There are two courtside seats and uh, VIP parking. If you want to go to tonight's Blazers-Brooklyn Nets game, you want to help kids of the Bald Face Truth Foundation, get online. Go to baldfacetruth.org. That's baldfacetruth.org. Or go to my Twitter account, at John Canzano BFT, or the BFT Foundation's Twitter account, at BFT Foundation. Uh, place a bid, and uh, about five minutes left in that auction. Kelly Graves really strong in his appearance on this show. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, it'll be Dan Lanning, University of Oregon football coach i will ask him the question the question is who's going to start at quarterback what is going on with bo nixt uh uh bo nix uh <laughs> i said nixt uh is that freudian is he nixt for the game we'll find out from dan lanning coming up what will he say guys what is his what is he going to say give us your coach your best coach speak uh you know he's i don't know that's tough How's all right I'm, I'm putting you on the spot Basically, you don't want to give away yeah. who's going to play. Steven, let's see if you're worth a damn as a head coach. Uh, well, Steven, is Bo, Nix, is Bo Nix going to play on Saturday? Uh, I, 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 I can't do it. I'm not a coach. Oh. I can't think of what Peter. I would say. Peter, yeah, Peter is Bo Nix going to play? Talk to my offensive coordinator, Peter, over there. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Bo's had a great season, integral part of the offense, and I've seen some things I've liked. I'm feeling optimistic, we, but uh, we just don't quite know yet. There are some things we need to see. Some people outside of my control need to sort of clear them. Uh, but we're, we're feeling optimistic, and it's all about what we can control, and we'll find out on Saturday if that's something that's in our control. But otherwise, we're just going to keep on doing what we do, and that's focusing on winning this football game. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I would go, I'll go even simpler. 
I I would try to use fewer words because I don't want a bunch of uh, I'm I'd be afraid if I started trying to do what you did that I would talk myself in a hole. So I'm just gonna say this: we we uh, we would ideally like to have Bo Nix starting at quarterback, and he's working towards starting. That's what he said last night. Working towards starting in practice. Uh, if he's not ready and he's not cleared, we've got a contingency plan that we feel good about. That's it. Boom. That's good. Mic drop. That's all I'm doing. Let's see what Dan Lanning does at 4:15. And here's the other thing: like, I I'm in a weird position because it's just like I told Kyle Whittingham yesterday. I on one hand think, you know, I need to ask this question, Jonathan Smith. Hey, are you healthy? Is anybody out this week? Um, you know, I know of at least one Oregon State player who is not going to start this week. One starter who is out, maybe two. So I think Oregon State's going to be shorthanded. But Jonathan Smith's never going to say that. And so, you know, when I ask Kyle Whittingham, you know, how is Cam Rising doing? I don't expect Kyle Whittingham necessarily to be like, you know what? Uh, Cam, Cam Rising's going to be good to go. We're golden. I don't necessarily think, you know, that that's what we're going to get. But, you know, Josh Furlong's coming up 4 o'clock, just a few minutes, to talk about, uh, you know, the Utah football program. On the heels of that, Dan Landing will join us at 4.15. So if you're interested in this Utah-Oregon game, we're going to give you, like, 30 minutes of the richest, best content that you can get on this game that's starting in, like, 90 seconds. So I would just encourage you to stick around here and hear Josh Furlong talk about Utah. Shortly after that, Dan Lanning will call into the show about 4.15, and we'll we'll have a conversation about it, and and then we will dissect it. So I want you here for it. I want you uh, to have a ringside seat. So, uh, you know, again, text your friends, call your neighbors, you know, DM your friends and say, hey, get to uh, that radio station. You're gonna, Dan Lanning's coming up. We're going to find out what's going on, and, and listen carefully when he comes on because he may do what Chris Hudson did yesterday, tipped people off. And the line changed because of it. So let's figure out what's going on. I'll ask the questions, and and uh, we'll figure it out. But let's see where Dan Lanning's head is. Is the defense going to be any better this week? It has to be. And if you want those Blazer courtside tickets, we're now in the last minute of bidding. Get in there and grab them. Go to baldfacetruth.org and get those Blazer courtside tickets. They are up for grabs right now. You can go to the game tonight and sit courtside. All right, you got the BFT statewide on the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. I'm glad you're here for it. We're going to start the 4 o'clock hour uh, running at a sprint towards that Oregon-Washington, or excuse me, Oregon-Utah game. Slipping up again. Where is my mind today? Leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.